Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hello, Jets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is Ryan, one of your hosts, and today is episode 93. It is an off season preview episode hosted by Chris, and he's joined by Alyssa and Brian. They talk about what the team needs to do in this upcoming shortened off season to be competitive in next year probably starting in maybe late December, early January. Gary Bettman talked about that a bit today, and they're still not too sure what's going to happen yet, so guess we'll see. Just want to mention quickly, big shout out to AJ, who's moved on to other projects, who put uh, a, a ton of time into this podcast over the last couple of years. Countless hours. Uh, I know whenever I talk to him about it, he always had another idea or he was working on something else. So uh, I just want to say thank you, buddy, for everything you did. Um, You grew a great brand, uh, did a lot for us, and it's just not going to be the same without you. So with that being said, here's the episode. You can actually find this on YouTube as well if you want to see our faces or those three faces as they talk in this episode. We're going to be trying to do that more often, some more Skype stuff. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, I think I'm going to put the link in the description of this podcast. And it'll also be on Twitter. uh, Or you can just search Jet Centric Podcasts on YouTube. So thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to Jet Centric Podcast. It's Chris. I'm here for an off-season preview with Liz and Brian Johnson, special guest. Did I say Johnson or Johnston? What did I say? It's with a T, brah. Ah, I think I got it wrong the first time, but we got it. Brian Johnston, special guest. Uh, He's well known for his Twitter threads. Not what he wears on Twitter, but long Twitter threads. Um, (laughs) And so we're happy to have him on the podcast for the first time. It's an honor. (laughs) I'm glad you think so. (laughs) So, guys. I think what we're going to do, we're just going to kind of be casual here and uh, talk about a couple of things we think are going to happen this year. Let's first of all talk about um, some realistic kind of, even if we want to say like filling out the roster, subtle moves maybe that maybe might seem obvious right now, um, where there's some gaps as far as contracts and some of that stuff. So I know both of you guys looked up some of those UFAs, RFAs uh, for as far as the Jets go. Um, so, Liz, if you want to start off with kind of what holes are we needing to fill um, immediately or, you know, with kind of maybe guys on the roster like that? Oh, I think most people are kind of looking at um, obviously the 2C. That's kind of like been a big discussion point is who's going to play that second line center because it's a question. Is it going to be a new guy we're going to sign? Is it going to be someone who's already in the roster that's going to uh, take on a new role? And also the right-handed defenseman. I mean, at this point, we take any-handed defenseman, but that right D is kind of a big goal that lots of people are hoping that we do some work there and sign somebody and I feel like one of the I don't want to say obvious ones because it's possible that it doesn't happen but most people are hoping that we get around the DeMello contract not expensive but effective everyone liked him for the little bit that he was here and I feel like that's one of the points to start with and that's kind of my big like sign DeMello and just kind of everything else I feel like is sort of up in the air but that's one that I'm very very convinced could happen and also that I really want. It's kind of like my number one move that I'm hoping to see. <laughs> so, Brian, what are 
because uh, I don't have it in front of me. What if you have it written down, that would be great. If you don't, we can kind of all work together here. What are the exact holes that we have on the roster right now going into next year? Like who's signed, who's not signed? Um, and we don't have to go through that, but what's that net result? Like, do we have 12 forwards right now? Do we have 14? Are we down to four defensemen? I'm not positive where we stand. I don't know if you are. Well, I'll start with the one strength going forward with the team. That'd be on the left side of the defense. So you're going to have Morrissey. You're going to have Hainala and Sandberg, hopefully very soon going forward. I don't think that's an issue that the Jets really need to touch on. I think it's something that they might think, oh, we're starting two rookies. Maybe we should grab a veteran. I don't think that's where they should be looking. Obviously, the second center is something everyone's talking about. I think a top six four. I think the Jets need a top six play driving forward, regardless of position, because like they've got Ehlers in there. Shifley can generate a lot of offense, but aside from that, they don't have a lot going for them in terms of driving play. So somebody up there that can you know, help your Lionese and your Connors get more attempts and, uh, yeah, be able to put the puck in the net a little bit more often. Um, they, they lack, I guess, they don't really have any great defensive forwards in their top six either. So, yeah, basically, I just think, a top six forward in general is kind of what they need. And obviously on the right side of defense, I think it's certainly imperative that they, uh, that they re-sign DeMello. Um, I think if you've got, if you're relying on Pionk as your number one right D, you're going to be in trouble for, you know, next year and so on. But uh, yeah, so for sure, somebody on right D and a top six forward. A center would be very nice. Um, I think Cop can move into that role. But yeah, just basically top six forward and right D. That's that's kind of my stance. So, Liz, it sounds like if I can remember our roster from last year, we're pretty stacked as far as like line two and a half three and four if you go with guys like appleton and um and alike so we probably don't need to dig too deep uh whether it's free agent or uh trade value what we're looking for not trade value but you know go out and get a trade um what we're looking at really is a prime time player right um a second line center or i've heard some talk about a first line center <laughs> and uh shifley Ooh. moving moving down i know that's <laughs> not gonna happen but um so let's go into sort of what uh, we've been talking about who what's a realistic get uh for a second line center and um you guys can go back and forth if you want some of the guys and some of the numbers whether it's in a trade whether it's going to cost um let's go for it who what's realistic and what's maybe even a pipe dream? Uh, Liz, what do you think? What what does number two C look like next year? Well, you know what? I feel like that's one of those positions that, again, we sort of talked about it could be filled by someone on the team or some other UFAs or RFAs from um, 
other teams in the league. And I know Brian has a really good thread on Twitter about guys within the organization that could fill that hole. And he talks about, obviously, Kopp, a little bit about Rosovic, a little bit about Lowry. Um, I don't remember who else, but some of those guys. But then you also kind of take a look at other UFAs in the league. And um, a lot of people have been talking about Granlund. A lot of people have been talking about um, Anthony Sorelli. We know that that one's been... Uh, a bit of a conversation among some of us Jets fans. And then there are other guys like um, Eric Halla or Alex Gilchenyuk, a couple of those guys who are pending uh, UFAs who are coming up and that could be an addition to the team. Obviously a little more expensive, but when you're getting a 2C, a good 2C, you know you're going to be spending some money. Um, I feel like we're the kind of team that will probably do a bit more of looking within the organization. Um you know, sort of moving around guys that we already have. We're not big into the huge signings in the offseason all the time, so I'm not uh, convinced that we're going to spend $5 million on a 2C anytime soon. But um, I don't know. I feel like um, Brian could probably touch a little bit more on some of the reasons that some of the guys that we have right now could fill that hole because, you know, you know a lot about that with the fancy numbers and all the stuff like that. So. Hey, but I don't watch the game, so uh, my opinion <laughs> doesn't count, right? <laughs> Your eye test is no good. Um, no, I think I do think well, Cop can. Sorry, go ahead. No, Brian, before you start, because uh, I really like the idea of filling with what we have or bringing in. I think that's a great talking point. The question I have before we get into that, that you can address maybe as we go along. Are we a 2C away from being a contender again? No. no. Okay. No. <laughs> so... So that then definitely um, changes, right, how we address that need, right? If we bring in a Paul Stasny, quote unquote, and that makes yeah. us a, 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 a contender, mm-hmm. then that's one conversation. But if we're going to be on the fringes again, a wild card team again, then where you're going with some of the filling within probably makes more sense. Possibly, yeah. If it's okay. outside of the organization, you probably want it to be somebody with term, because like you said, you're not a 2C away from being a contender, so you want someone that's going to be there and uh, be able to contribute you know, a couple of years down the road, hopefully when you're ready to be a contender again. Okay, so, so go on with the... Um information who are we looking at what's what's realistic realistically um i guess philip deno would be an option i guess in the last couple days especially he's been talked about as a guy that maybe the habs are willing to move possibly instead of max domi i particularly like deno because he affects shots and shot quality positively at both ends of the ice. He's not a finisher, but that's okay. The Jets already have, you know, line eight, Ehlers, Connor, uh, Shifley in that top six. Uh, a finisher certainly isn't something that they need right now. So Deneau would be a nice option. Um, Max Domi, one thing I worry about him is he's not a particularly good defensive player. So it might not jive well in a top six that already severely lacks defensive play. Um, With that said, he does create a lot of offense. uh, Very good passer. Might be a good offensive combo with uh, a guy like Patrick Laine. Uh, But on whoever that third forward is, you better hope is going to be really good defensively. 
So uh, those are a couple of guys that are an option. Um, one guy I also hoped would be an option would be Yanni Gord from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Unfortunately with him, he's got a no trade clause. I feel like he probably isn't about to waive that to come to Winnipeg. If he did, I think he'd be a really nice option for the Jets. But uh, yeah, Deneau would be a guy I would focus in on as someone I would really like to come here as long as it came with an extension, of course, because he's a UFA coming up. So you have Deneau's um, a UFA now? Like uh, no, no. Uh, he's got year? one year left uh, okay. with his contract. And, and then Maximum Domi is, he's under contract. Yeah, he'll be an RFA. Hang on a sec. Let me pull I'm it up here. Remember. So they would both be trade targets is basically the point. Yes, yes. And what sort of leverage, either of you guys, whoever wants to jump in, I know I said I'll direct you, but what sort of, commodities do we have to trade right now i think we know um, that we have some guys um, do other teams value them are we overvaluing some of our trade pieces and who are they i think we always overvalue our trade pieces <laughs> of course i um i feel like a good um sort of one that always sticks with my mind when i'm like making up these dream trades in my head i i don't dislike him in any way but i feel like jack roselvick is a good piece that you could move he's an RFA coming up this year he makes like less than a million a year but he could play second line not on a cup team but on a team if someone's looking to fill their middle six kind of thing and he's kind of replaceable on our team he's not one of our you know big guys but I feel like he's someone that could be moved and would be worth something and another one of those is please don't hate me but Sammy Niku again we talked a little bit about how his time here might be done there hasn't been a ton of you know good relationship meshing going on there we don't know what the whole deal is obviously but he could be very very useful teams are always looking for good defensemen and that's exactly what we have in Saminiku so I feel like he is one again another RFA coming up this year that could be used um, as a trade piece I don't know but those are a couple that I think of a lot I don't know about picks so much I haven't looked too much at what we have for picks in the next couple years but um, as far as active roster guys Roslevic and Niku are kind of the ones that I think about a lot and so I would uh, as an armchair GM, think that something along a Roslovic Niku draft pick would get a guy like Max Domi. I don't see that that's about value. I mean, the value's there. Um, it's a matter of willing partners and stuff like that. Probably in a situation like that. No, Brian? Uh, no, I would agree with that. Like Jack Roslovic, he's a movable piece. You've got, he's probably not going to be He'll probably be a middle six forward, I think, um, in the NHL going forward. I don't think he's a a surefire top six guy. Um, I think Mason Appleton's a good guy to, uh, like, he'll be a really good third liner. I don't think you necessarily need Jack Roslovic uh, going forward. However, the I guess the forward talent in the pipeline is a little narrow, so maybe... Um, you're definitely going to want to fill that, but Jack Roslovic is an expendable guy. Um, you probably have Patrick Line, Blake Wheeler, and 
Mason Appleton on the right side there going forward for a little while. So, uh, yeah, Jack Roslovic, uh, a pick and maybe a B prospect or something like that would certainly get you Max Domi, I would think. Um, but so, yeah, not to focus too much on one or two guys. Are there any other targets out there in the trade? Um, because both the Dano and Domi thing are pretty public knowledge, right? It's not yeah. like we're just like, oh, hey, we should go trade for, which is what fans love to do, right? Let's just oh, trade yeah. for this guy. Um, I think everybody knows those guys are somewhat available. Are there any other? I I don't can't think off the top of my head um, if there's any other pieces available. I know I've heard Ryan Nugent Hopkins mentioned because he's on his last year. Um, that would be a huge get, but I don't see that happening. But is there, are there any other guys that maybe we could uh, trade for at this point that either of you can think of? Off the well, top of my uh, head. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, go I, ahead. No, I was just going like, to, I looked a little bit at some of the RFAs um, from other teams coming up because, and again, when I was making my list of guys, I set the age on cap friendly at 30. I was like, I'm not looking at anyone older than that. That's <laughs> garbage. We don't want that. We have enough of that. Um but some of the guys that are obvious, like Anthony Sorelli, I know we've talked about that. Don't really think that anyone's looking to move a guy like that. You know, a young guy, what was he, like fifth for the Selkie or something like that? Like he's, and his numbers are through the roof. But, um, and Anthony Mantha is another one. We talked a little bit about this. Again, don't think that anyone's looking to move him, especially when you're in a team that's definitely trying to develop right now. That's one of your guys you build a team around, but he's yeah. RFA coming up this year and he can play left or right wing. And I just think that would be such a good addition to our, our left side, our right side, whatever. Like that's one of those guys. And also Hinnestroza, I was looking at more um, centers and he's an RFA coming up this year. And I think that would be a, a fun addition but again these are just things that you know again not the nose or domies that people are talking about moving this is just my wishful thinking kind of stuff but yeah brian you go ahead <laughs> no i uh anthony math is one of my favorite players in the league but the only way so he moves good. is if he wants out of detroit that's that's the only way detroit will find a way to lock him up for a long-term extension i i don't think that's an option for anyone going forward, to be quite honest. Sorelli, sorry, um, Anthony just, Sorelli is, I love Anthony Sorelli. Tampa's in such a weird cap situation where they've got, I think they've got like something like 5.3 million in cap space for next year as it stands right now. And the only guys without no trade clauses going forward for them uh, for next year anyway, are well, Alex Kalor and he's got a modified no trade clause, um, but that's somebody that they can move, although probably for super cheap. Um, and besides that, it's pretty much just Andre Vasilevsky. And I think there's one more. I think one of their three stars, like Kucherov, Stamkos, or Hedman, one of those guys, I think doesn't have uh, a no trade or something like that, but they're not moving one of those guys. So um, it's going to be real tough for them to get um, both Mikhail Sergachev and Anthony Sorelli signed. So that's where the offer sheet option 
does come into play. It's a very unique situation for Tampa. I do feel like they'll somehow find a way of getting it done, whether it's like a Kevin LeBanc situation where he takes way less money than he actually deserves. Then I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I feel like Tampa is going to find a way to get it done, but yeah. Tampa seems to be one of those teams sort of like Toronto that always manages to figure something out. Hey, like, and Pittsburgh is the same where for the last 10 years, you look at their roster and you're like, how do you have like seven guys making $6 million a year? Like it just, it's crazy how there's a couple <laughs> teams that manage manage to pull it off. So uh, yeah, it's nuts. Um, so what about defense? Uh, last episode, I think we talked about future Winnipeg jet Travis Hamanick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I would, bet probably 50 of my 110 pairs of runners that he'll be a Winnipeg Jet next year. Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I think we're all basically resigned to the fact that he's going to be here. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't happen, or even if it does, how do we round out that decor, which really, I mean, even without Morrissey having a, an off year was really just a shit show last year to be, you know, oh, one. Yeah. Um, and that's personnel and play. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's, it, it was both. Um, so what does the D look like next year? How do we, again, let, I honestly, let's assume Hamannick's here. And uh, we talked about how the left side, I believe the left side looks good, but young. And I don't see, yeah. I think we touched on this, that Maurice is going to play two raw rookies either. So, Liz, yeah. do you have an idea? Or Brian, go ahead. You're 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 champing at the bit there. So, well, if you sign Hamannick, you gotta hope that, like in my opinion, you gotta hope that he's your third pairing guy, and that you're also re-signing Demello, and then you're running. Like if you ran, let's say you ran uh, Demello, Pionk, and Hamannick on the right side, um. And then you got Morrissey, and like you said, they're probably not going to start two rookies. Let's say, let's say it's Morrissey, Sandberg, and somebody else they put in there. It's probably not that bad, but I don't think it's as good as it could be. Possibly, I don't think I don't think Hamannick would be worth the money. Like I'm guessing Hamannick's going to get approximately see this is where my knowledge lacks a little bit but he's probably going to get in the ballpark of three mil a season if i had to guess i think that money like i don't have a problem with tucker Poolman playing on the third pair so i just think that three million could be spent better elsewhere than travis hamannick but but it's gonna it's going to turn into the uh, Kulikov thing, though. Exactly. This is our big signing. We're addressing a need. And guess what? Here's a guy that wants to be here. Here's yeah. a guy that's from here. So, and then on top of it, because, and these are the bigger overlying issues that I have with the franchise, they're not, they're playing based on salary. They're playing based on expectation, not on quality, right? If you're going to, drag Hamannick out, you know, holding up the jersey, Manitoba boy. He's not playing on the third pairing. 
I mean, he should be, like you said. And and yeah. it's, you're probably an all right team, right? Like you were saying, if Travis Hamanick is your third pairing de- defenseman. I mean, yeah. So, but every time we have a conversation about the Jets, there's always an asterisk, right? There's always a, but they have to do it this way, or but yeah. they do do it this way. Last episode, we are talking about what the lineup's going to look like next year. Same thing. And then you have to go, but Maurice would never, quote, <laughs> you know, blank, blank, blank. And the same goes with this. So, again, we have to assume that Hamannick's going to play. Uh, again, we don't have to assume he's signing here. But if we're assuming that, he's a, he's top four, right? I mean, so <laughs> that's scary. Point. You know, because you have to. Here's the great thing about having a coach for eight years and a and defensive coach for 10 years. You know them. <laughs> right we know their tendencies we know their expectations so it's not like they're going to surprise us and all of a sudden be like ah let's put uh hanola and nico in and uh we're going to start running an up-tempo d yeah. so <laughs> you know it's not going to happen um but uh list do you think there's another way to organize that d even without let's talk without hamannick yeah well you know what they're all professional hockey players, right? And this year, somehow, with that depleted core that was just scary to look at on paper, they managed to make it work every now and then. So, like, if we have a bunch of those defensemen, you have your Spizas, your Batetos, your Bullios, they're all coming up this year. Other than Kulikov, they're all making less than $2 million. Like, they're not expensive guys. And the odds of us having one or two of those guys in the third pairing is probably pretty high. Maybe not them exactly, but that type of player, those fringe, whatever kind of guys... And I think that if you have your rookies that you can kind of mix into that, like, again, like you said, we know our coaches, we're not going to do the kind of thing where you alternate guys in the press box. That's just not our style. But if you're able to alternate kind of a bullio or Pullman on the third line with an Enola and kind of like filter them into the system, I feel like that's kind of an interesting way to approach these things. Again, that's if you don't have your Hamannick and if, they don't sign DeMello, but I can't see them not making some kind of signing, whether it be Hamannick, DeMello, both, or some other, like, random $900,000 defenseman UFA from other teams. I can't see them not making a move and adding another piece, so I haven't thought too hard about what it might look like um, without someone new. And this is another issue, right, is the you can sign $900,000 guys, but are you signing the right ones? Because right. we... We've seen in the past where they've left uh, Michael Stone. Um, who was the other guy that comes to mind? Um, anyway, positive minimum type players, right? And then you bring in the visas and you're like, you could have done this, but with somebody that's actually good. So again, it comes back to the the prototype, the this is how we want it. This is how it looks, right? And uh, so with that said, are there people, Brian, that you think maybe fit the Jets mold? I guess Travis Hamannick is one of those people, a not very good oh. defender, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there, is there anybody else that's a free agent or, you know, again, because they're going to have to make a splash and, and it's going to be one of those things. Hey, we got our center, we got our defenseman, right? Because yeah. everybody knows, everybody knows that's what we need. I don't know if there's a great move out there for a right-handed defenseman, to be quite honest, going in this offseason. I could possibly be forgetting about somebody, but I 
I honestly don't think it's there in free agency this year. Like, unless you make a big, big splash for, like, a Petrangelo. But we know that's not going to happen, right? So, like... Here, here's a question for you. What about Sammy Vatanen? I feel like I haven't heard anyone talk about him. He's a UFA coming up. He's expensive, like, more expensive than most of the guys you make. But, like, he barely makes more than Kulikov. But, like, he's a lot better. He'd be what good for our power like play. I'm not sure he's a great guy at five on five, but I certainly think he'd be a good help for the power play. He could certainly run that first uh, first power play from the top. But um, and again, I guess no, they're not. They're not gonna. I keep thinking they're gonna start Hainala and Sandberg, but that's not gonna happen either. So no chance. <laughs> Yeah, it's so. sorry, Brian. It's so frustrating, right? We'll go back to what <laughs> keep what you're saying, but I just want to hammer it home that it's so frustrating that you can't live a fantasy life because you should be able to when you're talking <laughs> about your own team, right? You yeah, should, I mean, man, this would be awesome, but we just the stubbornness, right? Is well, I don't know, I'm trying to, I don't want to go down that road. We do it all the time, but it, yeah. it's because it's a different point about Murray's. Yeah. Like him, whatever, the stubbornness of this is how a roster looks and this is how we're going to do it ma- literally makes these discussions less fun, sadly. <laughs> right? Because they should, yeah, it's be, like, should be able to spit Hanala and Stamberg as a pairing. Yeah, you see all the line combinations posed on Twitter and it's like, okay, but guys, you know it's going to be Connor Shafley Wheeler on the top. What, what, why are you fantasizing about Ehlers Shafley line A? <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't be that unrealistic, but somehow it is. That's the one that drives me the craziest. So okay, we'll yeah. we'll stop that. <laughs> no, but that made me think of who was it in the playoffs? I was thinking um, was playing third line wing, um, somebody's captain. And I was like, see, like they, if they can do it, how come the Jets can't with Wheeler? Who the heck well, was again, it? I feel like that's what you've said, though, about Wheeler a bunch of times, is that he's our captain, he's our guy, and he wants to be here. So they're never going to play him in the bottom six. Not a chance, even if that's even if we have pieces that deserve. Like, you know, I know Brian talked about, like, putting Matthew Perot on the second line if he has the right kind of guys with him and stuff like that. Not a like, bad move whatsoever, but that would require... Wheeler playing less minutes and just doesn't look good. Well, I don't want to say it doesn't look good, but they think it doesn't look good for the team when you have your big, uh, expensive captain playing poor minutes. To be honest, I don't remember. There's a guy that used to host this show. I can't remember his name right now. He's been talking about um, Wheeler playing third line for three years. Yeah. And I, I, I not laughed at him, but I'm like, AJ, it's not going to happen. They're <laughs> not, it's never going, like, you're not playing that guy in the third line. Um, but I, I wish I could think of who yeah. that was. Um, and, and it, oh, anyway, what <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're back on that. So I guess we're kind of specifics. Do you guys have any other specific moves uh, right now that you have written down um, as far as what next year is going to look like that we haven't touched on? I have one. Uh Valerie Nichushkin is a UFA. If you want to shore up the forward core a little bit, then 
like you're looking for a second line center. I've touched on Andrew Kopp possibly moving to the second line. Um, I think that would be a good fit. Um, he wouldn't be a top end second line center, but I certainly think he can do the job. Um, if you were to go ahead and sign Val Nichushkin to replace Andrew Kopp on the third line, damn, you got a hell of a third line all of a sudden uh, with Nichushkin, Lowry, and whoever you want to put on the right side there, whether it be Appleton or Roslovic. Um, that would give you some options. And um, not that this would ever happen. Uh Nachushkin could possibly <laughs> spell Wheeler in the top six once in a while. Wheeler, go play with Lowry. It would give you some versatility, but <laughs> I see Chris shaking your head there. <laughs> uh, the assistant coach Wheeler isn't going to tell the coach <laughs> Maurice that he's going to demote himself. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I know. I was looking, too, at like our team UFAs, whatever. Like, if we were to sign... Like only like Demello and what like Bursois like our UFAs. We lose our entire fourth line and our press box guys. What are the odds? Do you think that they're gonna sign some of those like Shaw, Latestu, like like Bork, like any of those? Because we're not gonna only play AHL guys in that position. That's someone like us. It's we're, I, are we gonna sign some of them or are we gonna pull some random new? 33-year-old fourth-line fringe guy, or, like, what do you think is going to happen there? Because I haven't even considered the moves there. Fourth line, um, you could have... Well, Jansen Harkins... I'm sure Jansen Harkins will play a full-time role next year. I say that... um, I guess I shouldn't be too sure about that, but you have to think that he's ready to step into that role, and with his performance i guess late in the season and then in the play-in round versus calgary you got to think that maurice is going to give him a shot um so he could be one of your fourth line guys um aside from that uh depending on the moves they make this offseason if you keep roslovic then you probably have appleton on that fourth line it's probably a pretty good fourth line um if you got Harkins and Appleton on there um but I guess you hope that they don't dig into the UFA pool for one of those borks or whatever whoever it may be don't want it we don't want it <laughs> and again here where you talk about playbook it will 100% get one or two of those guys um <laughs> it's not an option um I think I heard Matt Hendricks is going to come out of retirement actually to play fourth line. <laughs> uh, Good old we're Matt losing, We're losing all of the old guys, and our team is not our team without the old guys. God forbid, those, but they're all there those all the time. Vets. Blue guys. <laughs> like we talked about last episode, why don't we want our guys, right? We've been waiting yeah. for Harkins and Appleton, and, and uh, who's the guy that just left? Um, and we're like, how come he's not on our fourth line? The guy from the Moose. Um, Patan? Oh. Did you just say Liz? Oh, no, the guy that's been with the, with the Moose Lepon. the whole time. Yeah, JC Lapon, right? Oh, that's right. Why why are you signing a Latestu when you have JC Lapon, right? Like, these are the Basically questions. the same guy. Yeah. Right. He's, <laughs> good. he's, he's a good guy. fourth liner. 
Right. He's your guy. Yeah. You know, give them a chance. Yeah, and Lapon's been here for what, like ten years pretty much, and he's played Moose, he's been in Drew Winnipeg, and he's never gotten a shot to be prove himself as a fourth line. Well, I guess I, I he's played a couple of games, but it's he's not like, like he was bad. No. And this is where again, and we can talk about this stuff too, is this is where if you think a little bit harder and become a little bit more critical of a fan, um, and you actually listen to what the team feeds us. Um, AJ brought this up, which I had forgotten. JC Lapon, they talked about him at the fan um, forum last year. And his number one dream was to play for the Jets, not to play in the NHL. And you let him go, but yet you're I'm so- going to cry now. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so- and this is what Chevy's sitting on the stage saying t- to us fans. And then you never give the guy a chance, but you sign these bullshit players and let them play. I Like we talked about, what's this affection for the guys that aren't your players? Why aren't you forcing, not to beat a, a dead horse, why aren't you forcing the Marco Danos into the lineup? Why aren't you forcing the JC Lapons into the lineup? If you're draft and develop, if you're so proud of your guys, why aren't they getting the benefit of the doubt? So I know there's questions. We talk about Nick Patan way too much on this podcast, but there's obviously something else up with Nick Patan. As much as we all love him, there's obviously another problem. Whether it's he's lazy or whether he's got a bad attitude, whatever it is, it's not his talent. He's five foot nine, one seventy. That's 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 the problem. <laughs> but but you would think he would have gotten a chance in Toronto, right? Because they're analytically focused, they're skill focused, he fits yeah. in, and he still didn't get a chance. And I know he had a rough year last year at home. My point being, why aren't the Jets, when you're coming to the third, fourth line, using our own guys? And this comes back to like we're saying about Harkins and Appleton. They're gonna one of the two of them is likely to get bumped if Roslovic doesn't get traded for a Matt Hendricks or a, a Latestu. And it's sad, right? That would be, I guess it would be quite sad. But it's I was... like written in stone. It happens every year. Right, exactly. Like... And they do it a week before camp. <laughs> <laughs> so you have these guys thinking they're gonna play, probably, right? Ah, finally getting my chance, and then <sighs> that happened so um is we'll kind of maybe wind it down what okay so are there any other changes in a dream world uh i mean i well so two things in a dream world what what would both of you guys do this off season if you were the gm so let's go first okay this is again if you say in dream world you're going real dream world i'm training cal connor Everyone in the league loves Kyle Connor. They think he's terrific. They think he's so good. We can get so much for him. We know that he's not as good as everyone thinks he is. Nobody else <laughs> knows that. But, okay, that's a bit excessive. He's a great finisher. He's got lots of good qualities. But the amount of assets you can get for him, you can get a second-line center and a right-handed defenseman just for him. And you could replace him with, like, anybody on the team, basically. Anyone who's been shifting on our third line, they can go play second line with Wheeler and whoever we get for 2C. And then you leave our 27, 55, 29 at the top. And look at that. That top six is indestructible. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Liz, that's you, kind stole of my... My, you stole my idea. <laughs> Okay, you can jump on the trading wheeler train then. You can talk about that. (laughs) Sorry, say that again. I've totally. Listen, you can talk about the trading wheeler train. Okay, but he's got a no movement clause. He's not waving a no movement clause. It's not happening. (laughs) 
you know what I found interesting? Uh, you know, when the TSN trade bait board come, came out. Uh, Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even, I wasn't even going to say the words Nick Ehlers or Patrick Wine. <laughs> I found it interesting that Dougie Hamilton ended up on that list. It's not happening. <laughs> Chris is shaking his head. Fuck, I wish, right? And we've got yeah. Have a great museum here. <laughs> no. Uh, well, you talked about dream scenarios. Yeah, go ahead. A yeah. dream scenario is you trade Kyle Connor. Maybe it takes plus a Ross Levick and a pick. You get Dougie Hamilton with an extension. That's your right-hand D, number one right-hand D. He's essentially your Bufflin replacement. That's one of the best, if not the best, offensive defenseman in the NHL right now. Yeah. That's 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 one of my favorite players right there. So Brian's getting giddy just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but this I, is what we're talking about. This is now that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean that's the fun part. Uh, I mean we could have done a whole fantasy episode too, right? But it's because yeah. uh, that's that's the best time is is those yeah. wishful wishful moves because that's so, that's clone Connor Hellebuck play five Connor Hellebucks on the ice the whole game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that yeah. guy that Transcona J guy will still be wondering why we can't score because it's obviously Hellebuck's uh, fault. Where were those yeah. expected goals that you guys that 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 we weren't <laughs> expecting? <laughs> yeah. uh. Okay. Yeah, no, but just honestly, I'll be happy with next season if we can just have a 27, 55, 29 up at the top and a right-handed defenseman, DeMello, or preferably and someone else. It's just, I want it. I want it so bad. DeMello's paramount, in my opinion. And don't re-sign any of our other UFAs. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's completely likely. I, I, I th- So here's again. If we're in real world talk, obviously Kevin Shoveldayoff has to make some moves because his job is hanging by a thread in real world. Yeah. Um, two things that are wrong with that. One is it's probably still not somehow. And two, he, as I think we know, he doesn't have free reign over his trades, right? So even if he's like, oh, I'm going after so-and-so, he probably can't get that veto or or he'll get vetoed if he wants to trade a Kyle Connor, right? So talk about having your hands tied. And th- these are assumptions, but I think we've all heard some inside stuff that that's kind of how things operate over there. Um, so it kind of makes things, again, frustrating to have these conversations because who knows what Chevy's wanted to do and hasn't wanted to do, right? You have one side where it took him three years to trade a guy that asked for a trade every year. Um, and then you have, what from what we've heard, the, the owner say, no, you can't trade that guy or we don't want that guy. So that kind of mm-hmm. makes these conversations a little frustrating as well, which which is sad. Again, it's a good time. I know there was a big stir this week about the Mark Stone trade again all of a sudden. <sighs> <laughs> don't make yeah. me sad that's like that's like another one of my favorite players <laughs> I, I mean for those that missed it the first time we talked about it our 
quote unquote sources told us that the trade was done. Um, and from what I heard was he wanted a, the full seven. The Jets wouldn't give him a seven year extension, which is crazy considering he was 25 or 26 at the time. And they had just given a 30. Yeah. What all this picture extension? <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, it's not I also heard. I also and, heard they wouldn't go past the what uh, the captain was making. It's just like, come on, man, you got a chance to get like a top ten player in the league. You do yeah. it every time. If if it's like a first in Roslovic and like a Veselin, and that's a trade you make. Like, I know Veselot at the time, Veselot had a great season. He was looked at as a top prospect, but that's no sure thing. You're looking at one of the best players in the league. And, and he wants can, to be here. Yeah, that can do well, something. No one does. Half of our own guys don't want to be here. And then you have a Mark Stone who wants to be here. You give him whatever you want or they want for him. <laughs> like. Which is funny because their whole attitude is as if a guy wants to re-sign, he's staying. No, whether we should re-sign him or not, right? Little wants to stay, we sign him. Wheeler wants to stay, we sign him. Blah, blah, blah. blah. But you here you have a guy. And again, some of this is hearsay. Um, so we can't say any of this is fact. And I know there was a couple right. of people on Twitter that were disputing some of the story and about there's about three three or four different versions we can yeah. kind of all agree that the trade was there for the taking yes the rest of the details I think are kind of all over the place so we can't say for sure but again you make it happen right I mean like even if it was 10 million even if it was eight by ten you do it that's I mean, one hell of a hockey player right there at 20 and the thing is we're sitting in our like living rooms and to us it's a no-brainer so you wonder if there's something else going on there because it's like i don't even care what other forces are at play why would you not trade for mark stone especially with that return for that like are you kidding me like i just i feel it's so shady to me because i don't understand why you just wouldn't do it like i don't know Yeah, and I, again, that's a long time ago now. We're a, a year and a half uh, removed, and uh, we're still, some of us, in a depression about it, not to make light of it, but uh, it's a very sore sore spot. Um, I think we're going to now actually wrap it up. What do you guys have for a final thought as far as, um, again, I kind of asked you earlier if we're a contender or a pretender, but if we make a couple of moves, uh, one move that you think is going to happen and what that does for the team next year, Brian, and then Liz, you can follow that up. One move and the result, how we look. Chris, you're going to make your listeners sad, but the move that's going to... You said Travis Hamanick. Yeah. I think that's a move that's going to happen. Um, like you said, he probably enters our, probably enters our second pair uh, I do think they'll re-sign DeMello. I, I do think that's going to happen. So if you went DeMello, Hamannick, Pionk, that's not bad um, I agree. on the right side. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it gives you it gives you depth on the right side at the very least. Um, and sorry, you, you asked for the move that I hope will happen. Well, basically, what you think is going to happen and where that leaves us. What, what the oh, team okay. and, and what our prospects are for, for next year. Just quickly, just are yeah, we a playoff so, again when we weren't this year? <laughs> um, 
if I I do think the Hamannick thing will happen, I have a feeling that I don't think the Jets are going to trade Ehlers or Line. Um, if they do, um, my Twitter account will be inactive for a few days after going on a rant for about an hour um, because sort of just be. Can we Sorry. all agree that that's not happening? Like it's okay. not happening. No, it's not, it's not gonna happen. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Unless you're getting yeah. like Jack Eichel or something like that, you're not trading those pieces. You're not. Right. Correct. Um. So yeah, Hamannick, I think will happen. I don't think they're gonna make a trade for a second center. They might grab. I think they might go and try and grab a Michael Granlund or something like that. At which point, I think he's a middle six forward. Um, again, helps the depth. I don't think he'd be the best contributor as our second line center. I don't think he'd be the worst either. But uh, I I think they're if they make those moves and Hanela and Sandberg play, I think they're a bubble playoff team next year. I think if... Uh, if one of those two guys play, I think they're just out of the playoffs. Um, I think if neither of those guys play, they're certainly not a playoff team. Um, I, I'm going to make a lot of Jets Twitter mad with this, but I don't think you can expect near the same performance from Hellebuck going forward. Just what I know about goalies, if you try to predict goalie performance, you're going to get burned uh, almost 10 times out of 10. So, um, yeah, if you're relying on the Jets forward roster and what they're going to do there, um, I think if they make the right moves, they can be a playoff team, um, but they certainly won't be a contender next year. And... uh, yeah, it's, I think it's possibly more likely than not that they're just out of the playoffs again. Just my take I, on it. Yeah, and a lot of that is dependent on other teams and, and those sorts of things. So, But to be, you're in you know, right. third in your division or eighth, seven, eighth, ninth in the conferences. Makes sense. How about you, Liz? Quick, uh, who, what it's going to look like and how they're going to be. Yeah, well, I'll jump on that, is that even if we do move a couple pieces and we get some good guys and we're all right, you're still not going to have a bad Dallas team and a bad Colorado and a bad St. Louis. Like, it's just not going to happen. So making the playoffs is going to be a lot harder than it would be if we were in, you know, the same division as Anaheim and L.A. and San Jose. But, you know, um, I don't know. I think we'll sign DeMello. I feel like he wants to be here, and I think it would be a good PR move as well as a good roster move to sign him. And I think we'll probably sign Brassois, but I don't know how that's going to work. I hope we do. It's a good backup to have. I'm happy to have him as my number two. And especially, again, like Brian said, Hellebuck likely won't have, he's still terrific, um, won't have the same Vezina caliber season coming up. We can hope he does. Prove me wrong, please. But it's unlikely. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think a couple of rfa signings with those harkins and those appletons or sign their rights away and get somebody good i don't know i don't think it's going to be as eventful as we hope it's going to be i don't think we're going to make any big moves but i don't know i think it'll be pretty standard like the past six years have been well i think obviously we're going to have uh some episodes between now and december 1st if that's when the season's going to start 
Um, so we'll have a lot better idea as things move along. We have still, you know, a lot of fans like the offseason better, right? They like uh, the trades and free agent frenzy and, and all that stuff, right? So I, I, I'm not as in-depth into prospects and stuff like that, but I definitely like that just as much as watching, you know, regular season games. So that's exciting to know that that's coming. Um, thank you, guys. Um, I guess we'll address uh, on audio the fact that AJ has departed the podcast for now. And I say for, for now. now. AJ has been known to um, come back uh, <laughs> to 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 things that he leaves, but uh, he's got some other stuff in the works. And uh, if he'll listen, I just want to thank him for that fucking hours and hours of work he did uh, with no payoff, no reward, um, very little thanks. Um, and uh, so we appreciate that. Um, we'll move along with a similar fashion that we had last year uh multiple hosts uh lots of smart guests we'll keep up with interviews um as best we can and hoping that we can get into more of a a standard format as far as maybe a weekly post of a round table and inside that maybe having specific conversations so that we know what we're talking about every week and as well, maybe starting with this, but I'm not sure. I think we're going to start a YouTube channel. So you can always catch our uh, episodes and our beautiful faces, except for mine. <laughs> so uh, those are some of the things we'll be looking forward to uh, over the summer and whatnot. So uh, thank you guys uh, for coming on today. And we'll, you know, keep going here. and. If you have either of you guys have any ideas for some shows, we can do it. We can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. Sweet. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you soon. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, guys. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.